Hello and welcome to another episode of Dependasplaining the Podcast. <laughs> I am Veronica. And I am Jen. And here we are today once again to tell you more stories about military true crime and military related topics for your entertainment. So before we get started, I just want to let you know where you can reach us in case you have any questions or just anything you want to share with us that we may be able to share on the podcast later on. You can reach us at dependasplaining at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, and that's it, right? Did I miss anything? Oh, and don't forget to rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms. Yes, please. Five stars. Five stars. Don't you dare give me two stars no. or three stars. Not worth if it. If you're going to leave me one star, why even waste your breath? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No point. There's no point then. Just move on. Find another podcast that you need to go hate on as well. So, bye. Yeah. There's plenty out there <laughs> <laughs> that we're not on. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. why. Five stars for us because you love us. That's right. And we love you. And mm-hmm. so, Jen... What's going on? Uh, uh, not a lot still, again. No? As in every week, still I think again. I say the same exact thing every time, especially when I go back mm-hmm. and edit. I'm like, oh, nothing. My life is boring. Uh, it's yeah. just life is not the same right now. It's opening no. up for a lot of people, except not us because we're overseas. Yeah. Things are weird still. Yeah. Yeah. When will they not be weird anymore? Probably never. Although. It's okay. The other day, again, Marines take the cake on this one one more time. I went on base the other day or on on the uh, Marine camp. Is it called base or a camp? Somebody please correct me. I know Army refers to it as post. Yeah, I don't know. Navy and Air Force. They call them camps like Camp Pendleton and Marine Corps Camp 29 Palms, right? So maybe. Yeah. I don't want to say the name of this one, but I went to the place where the Marines are. (laughs) And I was taking my daughter to ballet at the gym there. And I walk in, which let me tell you, their gym is very lovely, very nice, much better than the one we have here at our Air Force Base, whatever. And they're like, oh, are you vaccinated? And I said, I am. They're like, you don't have to wear your mask anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't feel comfortable. Not because of, like, contamination purposes, but because I'm so used to mouth breathing under my (laughs) mask. Yeah. And so now I'm walking around with my mouth open. Yep. Burying my teeth like an idiot. (laughs) I was like, at first I was like, it was okay because nobody could see me, but now everyone can see me. And they're like, what's wrong with her? That's just how I breathe. I used to pretend to breathe through my nose, but I actually breathe through my mouth. (laughs) 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 Yeah. But it was it was nice sitting there. I didn't have to worry about my mask. Like I didn't need a mask. Yeah, it's weird. It's it nice weird. on base here too. Mm-hmm. They um, as long as you're va- fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. And so it's it's nice not having to worry about grabbing one before I go to like the commissary or the BX or the gym or something. And yeah, I can just go walk freely again. Free my mouth. Yeah. Free the smile. You don't have 15 of them dangling from your gear shift in your car? Like oh, I no, do? I do still. I, I still do yeah. because it's, you know, you never know. Back up as soon as you go off base and you have to go somewhere, you got to have a mask mm-hmm. on. So, you know, they're always there. I have disposable ones hiding out in my center console 
just in case. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Hopefully, where we're at, they'll follow suit soon and we don't have to wear it. I get the commissary and stuff. They did say, like, if we're in contact with, like, a local national on base, we have to wear one. So I was like, why is the other uh, camp, base, whatever we want to call it, n not doing it? I don't understand. Yeah. Why are they immune to mm. it over there and we aren't over here? What? That's weird. Anyways, <laughs> welcome to Dependasplaining <laughs> at gmail.com. Where we're here. <laughs> To tell you our rants and just babble on about random shit that pops into our head and we just keep going with it. Because, yeah. Go with the flow. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We go with the flow in the roundabout of life. Yeah. Follow the traffic flow. Stay with the flow of traffic. Don't speed. Don't get ahead. Don't no. slow everybody else down behind you. No. Quit cutting lanes and just go with the flow. Ugh. Speaking of cutting lanes, Jen, I want to hear your story. Cut through those <laughs> lanes and exit your roundabout, because here we are in our true crime right. segment. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Ram, ram. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you turn beep, on your turn signal, because here we go. Buckle up, bitches. <laughs> uh, I wrote my notes not on a notebook this time. I wrote them on an actual Google Doc, so... I have Ooh. to look at my computer and read. You're so but fancy. I'll, I'll try to keep on eye contact with you too, back and forth. Okay. Like this. I like eye contact. When it gets intense, I'll be like, ready. And I will stare back at you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have nowhere else to look. Uh, all right. My story this week is of the murder of Marine spouse Aaron Corwin. Erin was born in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, um, and she was put into foster care at just three weeks old. When she turned three years old, she was officially adopted by her foster family. Erin met her future husband, John Corwin, when they were in fifth grade, and they started dating on her 16th birthday. Aww. It was really sweet, like... One of the articles had said something about how he, like, he asked her family permission first before... He asked her. So I was like, oh, my God. Stop. I wonder if he was Mexican. Is that, some, is that something Mexicans do? Yeah? I like it. Yes. It's adorable. It's like a fairy tale. No. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> As a Mexican woman, having needing that permission from your parents to date somebody is humiliating. <laughs> we, well, when it's happening to you, I guess it's more embarrassing. But when you read about it for somebody else, you're like, oh, that's sweet oh my god so sweet. Oh. okay sorry <laughs> uh shortly after high school john joined the marine corps he was a year older than aaron so she was still finishing high school when he joined the marines okay. he then proposed to aaron when she was only 18 years old babies babies uh aaron was so excited that she said yes right away and in November of 2012, John and Aaron eloped in Las Vegas after a Marine Corps ball. Oh, all Ooh. in their nice uniforms and fancy attire. Yes, the Marines' fancy dress uniforms. Mm. Cute. Mm. Of course she said yes after seeing him in that. Totes. Totes. <laughs> John was then stationed at 29 Palms in September of 2013. Aaron's mom 
was worried about her, though. She's freshly out of high school, and she's now a new military spouse, so her mom worried that she might be alone a lot if John deployed and, mm-hmm. you know, worried that she might not be able to make many friends because she was also kind of shy. But luckily for the Corwins, they easily made some friends on base housing. Connor and Ashling Maliki uh, live nearby with their infant son. And then Chris and Nicole Lee lived just next door with their daughter. While the husbands were on duty, Aaron, Ashling, and Nicole would stop by each other's houses for snacks and gossip. Then John, yeah. Connor, and Chris, when they were home, the couples would get together and they would barbecue outside or watch movies, TV shows, whatever, mm-hmm. at each other's houses. So they were all pretty good friends. Sure. Now, although the Corwins were pretty young, Aaron and John wanted to start their family right away. Aaron became pregnant in 2013, but in the very early months of 2014, she had a miscarriage. Oh, no. Aaron took that really hard and started to withdraw from John, putting a strain on their marriage. Aaron's sadness caught the eye of one of their friends, Chris Lee. And the two soon started hanging out a lot more without their spouses. In June of 2014, Erin became pregnant again. She shared her news with a friend, but decided not to tell her husband or her mom, who she's very close with, in hopes that Mm -hmm. maybe she'd be able to share the news once her mom comes for a visit. So... On June 28th, Erin left the house that morning and told her husband she was going to go scout out some hiking spots in Joshua Tree National Park for when her mom comes to visit. It just so happened that Chris was heading out to Joshua Tree National Park as well. He told his wife, Nicole, that he was going coyote hunting, and when questioned by their their neighbor friend, uh, mm-hmm. Connor, as to why he had a propane tank in his Jeep, Chris replied that he wanted to blow up an abandoned mine shaft. Oh, my God. Like, who says that? That's so weird. A child? Yeah. I'm just going to go blow up a mine shaft. Okay. A reckless child? Yeah. Let's light this on fire and see what happens. Yeah. When Erin didn't show back up that evening, remember, she left in the morning. Right. So when she didn't show up that evening, John called and texted her over 50 times. And then when she did not respond or return home the next morning, he decided to call Aaron's mom and then 911 to report her missing. Yeah. Aaron's mom first thought that she might have gotten just lost in the park since Aaron had a very terrible sense of directions. They knew sometimes Same. she just, yeah, had a hard time getting around. I mean, yes, don't tell me north and south because I don't know where that is. I yes, can't. this is this is what uh, our friend Kai and I were talking about the other day about directions like that. It's like go thirty miles east west and make a left on Jibber Jabber Road, whatever. And I was like, tell me to go five ten minutes down the road and make a left at the McDonald's or something. Yes, like, use landmarks, people. Landmarks, not miles. I don't know how long a mile. Like Dave will be like, okay, so how long do you think this would be from here to here? How many miles do you think this is? I'm like. I don't know. It looks like it'll be two minutes based off the map that I'm looking at, but I know it's longer than that. I don't know. Yeah. Google Maps is saying 15 minutes, so figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. This isn't algebra. 
Timmy leaves a train station on a donkey eating a hamburger, when will he arrive in <laughs> Florida? <laughs> I know. Don't don't ask. I can't I can't help you. Don't ask me directions. <laughs> it won't work out. Or math. Yeah, no. So <laughs> Sorry. um there was also some concern with John waiting until the morning to call the police about Aaron not showing back up. Mm-hmm. So volunteers then went searching for Aaron in the heat of the summer at Joshua Tree, but it was like finding a needle in a haystack. A search team found Aaron's car parked off a gravel road just outside of the base. Oh. With that, they found footprints leading from her car and what seemed to be another car because then they saw tire tracks okay. heading out as well. They took Im- imprints or however they do it, pictures of um, the tire tracks. So they had that yeah. as some they of their evidence. They can take imprints of that too, like a cast. So with that, John, of course, her husband, was the first to be looked at, but he was eventually cleared. Further investigations of Aaron's phone had found... They were able to find text messages to one of her friends from back home. Um, from talking to her friend, they find out that Aaron had told her she was meeting Chris out in the desert. Oh. Aaron believed Chris was going to propose to her out in the desert because it was assumed what? that Chris thought Aaron was pregnant with his child. But no one knew How are th- for certain. So he was going to propose even though he was married? Aaron and Chris had started an affair back in February of 2014, just after Erin had her miscarriage. Right. Yeah, so she started getting very withdrawn from her husband. Chris sought her out, basically. He says, like, this woman is so sad and lonely, and I relate to that, those emotions, and so I want to be around her more. Yeah. Or he saw someone vulnerable that he could take advantage of. Yeah. Just right. Both of these people mm-hmm. are married, and mm-hmm. it never said that Chris was ever, you know, unhappy in his marriage. They have a daughter together, you know, things seem to be fine. But Erin, yeah. however, was very, I mean, she was probably going through a lot of depression. She's young. She's new yeah. in this military spouse thing, oh, far away from her family. There's a lot going on. And right. so, you know, she's, you know, this guy comes along and she's already really confused so of course you know right feelings it's new feelings from somebody else right yeah. you're coming off of you know your a miscarriage and all the hormones from pregnancy itself and that just is not a good situation and then throw in somebody new into the mix that's giving you different feelings from what you're used to with your spouse your current spouse understandable for someone so young, so easily manipulated because she was so vulnerable and because yes. she was so young. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's such a hard, especially I know, uh, yeah, hormones, emotions, everything's just going crazy after a any kind of traumatic event. So, And she was probably lonely. It, yeah. You're not in your right mind state fully to realize, you know, what what is a good decision, mm-hmm. what is a bad decision. And so... They were, right. they were, yes, they were having an affair for a while, but they did hide it pretty well from at least their spouses. But Aaron's friend, Ashling, had soon caught on. And it was also oh. said that she also caught them together in her living room. Oh. So. 
when Chris was brought down to brought down for questioning, the only thing he admitted to was an affair with Aaron. But he also only admits that they all they did was kiss and nothing else. And that he also ended things as soon as his wife had found out that they were kissing. Mm-hmm. That's all he will admit that says, I mean, the you know, the investigators were asking him all kinds of questions. And they're like, nothing else mm-hmm. happened? He's like, no, no, we only kissed like four times. And they're okay. like, nothing else? Like, you sure? He's like, no, no, no. Definitely nothing else. Yeah. Okay, so detectives at this point do not believe his sob story. Like, come on. You're not convincing anyone. They already know that he was meeting her at the park that day because they found out from the text messages from Mm -hmm. Aaron's friend. And now they dropped another bombshell on him. Apparently, Chris did a Google search a day or so before meeting with Aaron in the desert on how to dispose of a body. But without a body, they didn't have enough uh, evidence in order to charge him. But, Mm. but, so she went missing June 28th. On August 16th, 2014, so just a couple months later, all of that is about to change. Detectives got a hold of pictures from Chris's friend that showed Chris out at a mine shaft just a week before Aaron went missing. So, with the help of an expert, they rappelled down into an abandoned mine shaft that the guy, the expert, knows all the mine shafts in uh, Joshua Tree. So he knew exactly mm-hmm. where this picture was taken. So they rappelled down into the abandoned mine shaft, and there lay Aaron's body, 140 feet down. No. Chris was no. then charged for the murder. They found him and extradited him back from Anchorage because by this time, Chris was honorably discharged from the Marines. He was already, he was due, I think they said, sometime in July. For him to be discharged, mm-hmm. to be done, and they moved to mm-hmm. Anchorage. So they got him, brought him back to California. He was still married? Yes. Yeah, he moved back with his family, with his wife and his daughter. They moved back to Anchorage. Okay. Yep. So at his trial, Chris first claims that he's not guilty. They ask, you know, how do you plea not guilty? But in a shocking twist, he recants his statement and confesses to killing her, giving just confessing all the details that happened that day. So, according to Chris, he met Aaron out at Joshua Tree on June 28th, and he drove her out into the desert. They then start walking towards um, this mine shaft. Chris claims that they got into an argument, and then he got very angry and started strangling her with a homemade garret made out of cord and two pieces of rebar. He strangled her for at least five minutes before she finally stopped moving. He checked to make sure that he she didn't have a pulse. And then he dragged her body to the mine shaft, threw her down head first. He then tossed in the propane tank oh that he had in his car and a lighted torch. Oh my god. Who who thinks of who thinks of that? Who thinks of that? Monsters. Chris claims that all this all happened because Aaron admitted that she molested his daughter. But there was absolutely no evidence that that ever actually happened. What prosecutors and investigators think is that Chris figured that he was the one who was 
uh, the father of Aaron's baby. And then when they got together and when they were together in the desert that she started talking about, I want to spend my life with you. We could, I could be a really good stepmom to your daughter that it just kind of like triggered Mm -hmm. him, set him off. And that was it. Mm, But he had the propane tank, like he was getting ready to do something. Yeah, exactly. Well, so investigators then do think that maybe it was the fact of he was having this affair and he was sure, pretty sure that he was the father of her baby. And so he was worried that if his wife found out about their mm-hmm. uh, about their affair, that he would never see his daughter again, that she would just take him and go. Mm-hmm. So hmm. that would that would then make more sense because then at least, you know, he's showing a it shows premeditation and then why he had the propane tank in his car that day too so Mm. so with all that the jury uh did not believe his his excuse that he got angry because she admitted to molesting the daughter because that's just there's no evidence of that so they convicted him of first degree murder and they sentenced him to life without parole yeah Mm -hmm. thank goodness they didn't go for the death penalty aaron's family was they weren't disappointed they were glad that at least he got life without parole and they're also grateful because they wouldn't have to go through all of that all over again going to Mm -hmm. with the death penalty and all that so yeah so he's gonna be right in jail for the rest of his life and that is the horrible sad story of aaron corwin terrible terrible they said that her uh when they found her down in the mine shaft, she her body was so badly decomposed that they they couldn't tell if she was actually pregnant or not. They weren't sure. She had said that she was, oh. but the fact that they couldn't tell because it was so bad. So wow, that's crazy. It it's, was insane. What a terrible, mm-hmm. terrible, terrible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how selfish he was that. Again, he saw this vulnerable girl and was like, I'm going to move in. He thought he could take advantage of and it was just really unfortunate. That's a terrible story. Yeah. For this poor young bad. couple. I mean, her being so young, the husband being so young, everyone just all around had so much life to live. And this monster that thought he could just come in and, you know, correct his mistakes on his terms if she was pregnant with his baby. Yeah. This, exactly. I mean, relationships could have ended, but he didn't have to end a life. Two no. two lives, really. Yeah. It was That's just awful. So sad. Um, They do have like a memorial set up near that area where her, uh, yeah, near the area where her um, body was found too. So they have a little, oh. little memorial set up and everything. So if you're ever in Joshua Tree and you happen to find it, now you know what's, why it's over there. Yes, definitely do that pay your respects to that mm-hmm. to that site oh well i'm gonna change it to something more lighthearted yes, after please. that because that one was a heavy one jen yes i know yes take it away that's up there that's up there with your hi-fi murder that i still have nightmares about oh man that was yeah go back and listen to that one people oh okay Well, I was just going to talk about uh, the USO today because it's such a great organization that serves 
um, service members. And the other day on the 4th of July here on base, they organized something. And I thought, how how cool is this? Like, you know, just a little event to put on for families. So I was going to give you a little brief history and then uh, what it's about. So USO stands for United Service Organizations Incorporated and focuses its mission on serving active duty military members and their families. Most of my information was on Wikipedia and the USO website itself. So it was founded in 1941 by a woman named Mary Ingram in response to a request from President Franklin uh, Roosevelt to provide morale and recreation services to U.S. uniformed military personnel. He wanted to bring together six different civilian organizations under one umbrella to support U.S. troops. These organizations were um, comprised of the the Salvation Army, the YMCA, the Young Women's Christian Association, National Catholic Community Service, uh, National Traveler Aid Association, and the National Jewish Welfare Board. Uh, the government would build the buildings and the USO would come in, raise private funds in order to carry out its mission of serving those who served their country. So the first USO was erected in Louisiana in 1941. Several more centers began to open throughout all of the world, throughout the world, not all of the world, the world. <laughs> these were locations, uh, these locations, or they were locations where like troops uh, in theater could go for like dances, entertainment, games some quiet time or a snack um, or just somewhere like they provided a quiet place to write letters for home. So, and the USO was on a mission to give them a home away from home. They also began to have celebrities as volunteers. And so they would have some celebrities that would advertise uh, selling bonds, which would fund wars um, or, you know, um, they could come out and help out for the USO, come out and help. So during World War Two, I wrote World War One, but really World War Two is what I meant to say. Um, the ce- celebrities began traveling to Europe to perform for the troops. Uh, the USO funded this, but not just celebrities performed. Talented entertainers were among those serving in uh, serving their country. So writers, musicians, and actors would organize productions and travel to perform at what they called camp shows. So you always see pictures of like. Marilyn Monroe during the Korean War entertaining troops, but they also had among the troops were people that were so talented that they would put on these productions and that's what they would do. Um, so nowadays you have um, the Air Force has Tops in Blue, which they come out and put on shows for troops and they um, sing, put on these great shows, very talented people. Um, most notable celebrity is, of course, Bob Hope, that yep. he helped out a lot during during his um, during his life, and a lot of facilities are named after him in honor of him and his contributions to uh, U.S. military service members. So the biggest USO facility is over ten thousand square feet and is located in Lindbergh Lindbergh Field in San Diego. So you can easily find. A USO in every corner of the world in airports or on military installations. And airports are usually the most convenient for those on travel orders. They can provide a quiet place to relax, have a snack, use the internet, watch a movie, or do what I did at the Denver airport, nurse your baby <laughs> in a quiet, <laughs> dark room. And they do have, uh, certain places have will have everything you need from 
like a bed to rest to pack and plays, toys, coloring books, all that kind of stuff for the children to stay busy. So all of this while, you know, being among military service members and it's really, it really does make you feel at home. At least it's, it's more familiar than being like at a terminal with a bunch of random strangers, right? Yeah. So you go into this environment and it's like this, these are my people. This is what I've been around for, for years. This is where I feel comfortable. You're welcomed immediately made, made to feel at home when you walk into these facilities. So, so the best thing to do when traveling and looking for you so is just to look it up prior to travel. You know, it's a quick Google search and find out where the nearest one is to you, where you will be at that time. So they also have them at like AMC terminals in a few locations. And that makes it easy for when you're traveling space A. So if you get stuck at a terminal, sometimes they're already there. Um, they don't run 24-7. They do have certain times, but they they have some that run pretty late. Uh, and you can go in and hang out there, get, you know, some rest. That would be much better than just sitting at a terminal chair. And uh, they're always they're always organizing events on military installations where you can go and get yourself like a swag bag. And it's usually all U.S. themed items or, you know, you can get like my kids the other day got a swag bag, swag bag on the 4th of July. And there was like a flag you can put on the car and they got some sunglasses, which my son has been wearing it was like a t-shirt and they're always handing out stuff. When we were in ROM, when we first arrived here, the USO gave us packages, care packages for my children. And these things, there was tons of activities for my kids to do. There was a lot of random stuff like picture frames, <laughs> <There was like laughs> weird random picture frames in there. But I was like, oh, it's, it's cute. Like we can use them later. And that was all put on by the USO. They are privately funded. So they go out and put on you know, events and they raise these funds in order to provide free things to service members and their family. And so when you go to these events, this is always, you know, it's a good, it's a good place to ask for, for help. Like if you need, if you want to volunteer with them, why not? It's great. The USO, they do have paid staff of approximately 300 and additionally more than 44,000 USO volunteers provide an estimated 371,000 hours of service annually. It was reported by the USO, the unpaid volunteer to paid employee ratio overseas is 20 to 1. So you have 20 volunteers for every uh, paid employee that yeah. the USO hires. I see, I see a lot of like uh, volunteers always get like uh, on the USO's Facebook page, they're always like broadcasted like, oh, so-and-so reached this amount of many volunteer hours, yes. you know, congratulations and stuff. And so yes. cool. This is a great opportunity for those of you that have college bound children yeah. overseas. I mean, even stateside, I guess. Same goes for the Red Cross. And that's something that we should cover later on. But these are volunteer hours that would look great for college applications. Also for people um, putting in for their promotions, you know, you're serving your country in more ways than one and you're providing events for the base, for your location, where you're at. So it's a great opportunity to to take advantage of and they're doing yeah. so good. They're doing such good things and it's it's really nice. I mean, they have, they put on shows for deployed members, you know, they fly out celebrities, like big celebrities. And they cover the cost. And so the 
from like World War Two, these celebrities were getting paid. Some of them were getting paid depending on how big they were. They were getting paid, you know, like ten dollars a day up to a hundred dollars a week. So they they're still celebrities. They're still getting paid, but the USO is giving away these shows to the deployed members, um, or like they'll bring out certain people to like overseas installations, which we always seem to seem to miss every time we move somewhere. <laughs> So yeah, it's um it's a great organization. Definitely support it. Definitely if you're interested, look into it and volunteer and see how you can help and enjoy those um swag bags that they hand out. Yeah, I want a swag bag. Okay. Yeah. Get it was really cool. It was a beach bag. It's a beach bag. What? What? And it has a built-in cooler on the ba- on the bottom. Stop it. That's what we got. Yeah. Why was always And they also beautiful, but I they don't give away swag bags. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. They will. Maybe. We've just been allowed to start going. Kids can't go in there, but, you know, adults, like, I think if you're 16 and older, you're allowed to go in now. Thanks, COVID. Oh, really? But um, it's, like, mm-hmm. super pretty. And, like, the USO that they have on base here, cause honestly, I've never, I've never had enough time to go to the USO at the airport. Mm-hmm. I always know it's there, but it's always in a, a different terminal that I'm in, and we never have time yes. to get over there and get back. Mm-hmm. And then... um. Yeah, I've never seen one on base before, and we got here, and they have a USO uh, here on base, and so, you know, you can go there. They make, like, little uh, mocktails, and there's a bunch of massage chairs and video games. Mm-hmm. Yes. All kinds of stuff to do. Yes. Yeah, they try to bags. make it home away from <laughs> home. Well, the swag bags are for certain events. Yeah. Like, they'll give them away oh, yeah. during events. Or, like, in our case as well with ROM, they had – it was, like, boxes full of stuff for my children that kept them very busy during our time in ROM. It was great. And then – what was I going to say? Um, so, I've I've been to the one in Hawaii that was at the terminal. And that was great because I was able to, like – because I was stuck in Hawaii uh, during Space A and I was having to message my husband and make phone calls. Um, and I think they were, like, giving out phone cards phone cards while i was there so i was able to take advantage of that and then i've been to the one in the, at the denver airport yeah during a pcs move and that was really nice that it was a it was a spacious uso it was really nice and they had like tons of snacks that you can grab and they had tvs and you know with movies playing and these nice recliners and they had like a kid's room where like they could have like a pack and play and stuff so i just went in there and we sat on the recliner until it was time for our flight and i nursed my um little boy baby back then uh and i can't remember if i've been to any other ones but i've definitely looked up the one in seattle which seemed looked really really nice but it, again it was like in another terminal and we're like oh do we have time to go it's fine yeah so, yeah yeah definitely definitely take advantage of it whether you have one on base or if you're at the airport go because mm-hmm. they i mean they get funded for all this stuff but you know they only get funded for as much as, you know, people participate and take advantage as well. So yes. keep it going. Yeah. They're there to help. I mean, they're wonderful. Um, all the people that I've met that work work and volunteer at the USO are just so nice, so helpful. So just go. Yes. It's great. You seem to get that more with volunteers than you do with employees anywhere else yeah. in any other organization because it's like they're really doing it out of the goodness of their heart is that they're volunteering. And yeah, it's uh, it's something amazing to see from somebody that it's like, wow, you're you're giving up all your time to come here to run this desk, like to sit behind this desk and welcome, you know, service um, members as they come in. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great. 
It's a great organization. Go USO. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Veronica. That was yeah. great information. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. I like Thank I you. like Thank learning you. more about that. They had a bunch of those. I think they still do it too, but definitely when COVID hit, they did a lot of um virtual meeting things, you know, with USO and celebrities where like what one time is like so and so's teaching you how to cook this meal or get on and listen to a Q&A with Kristen Bell or something, you know, like stuff, stuff like that. Oh, so yes, yes. Yeah. Those are really cool, too. I just can't mm-hmm. do those because they're, like, in the middle of the night for me. <laughs> I know. Cater to us overseas. Yeah. Celebrities can stay up late, too. Exactly. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's super cool. It's super yeah. cool. I mean, like I said, we went to one the other day for the 4th of July, and they had, like, a, a balloon arches that you can drive through. Oh, cool. And then they had, like, a marine band playing, which the girl had an awesome voice, by the way. And they we just drove through there, and then we stopped, and they gave us a little swag bag. And then um, at another stop, they gave us popsicles. And that was it. And I was like, oh, that was really cool. We had to sign up for it and pick, a like, a, yeah. time, a time frame. So it was really cool. It was really neat. I liked it. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested now. It is. Maybe I'll go volunteer my time as well. Yeah, it's nice the things that they do for the families and everything. I know – Last year when we were all on lockdown and everything, they were, what were they doing? They were making like little to-go bags. So like once a month they had a theme, like one was like game night. So they put a little to-go bag of like a small oh, little, that's cute. you know, different card card game things and a few other things. They had another one that was good. It had a dessert in it. It was so delicious. So it's mm. good job, USO. Very cool. Good job, USO. You guys are doing great. Keep up the yeah. good work. Yes. We support you. Thank you for supporting us. (laughs) Those of us that serve and those of us that serve the service members. (laughs) (laughs) Those of us who are the servants. (laughs) Those, Yeah, we are the servants. No, no, Jen. We are the butlers. We're more trusted. You're more trusted than a maid or a cook. (laughs) We do it all. Yes. We are the service members. Yeah. (laughs) Kyle this morning asked me, he was like, do you want me to do my laundry? And I was like, I turned around like, what? And he goes, you want me to do my laundry? Like, put my stuff in there? I was like, what do you mean put your stuff in there? Like, he was saying, like, just do his own clothes. Yeah. And I was like, no, that's not how we do laundry here. (laughs) It's like, not by person. We do it by color. (laughs) I get away the laundry. And and I was washing the dishes yesterday and and I said to Kyle, I can, Jen, your your laundry situation keeps coming up to mine. I've I've given up on trying to change your mind. But I yeah. did think, I was like, well, there's four people in your house. You do four loads of laundry. Yeah. Right? Plus towels that you said. Yeah. But if you do darks, whites, and colors, that's only three loads of laundry. Plus yeah. your towels, that's only four. Yeah. That's less than the five that I counted earlier. <laughs> but so didn't you have to like – separate everyone's laundry once it's out of the dryer and it's just a pain just knowing that no everyone's laundry is together it coming out of the dryer you don't have to worry it's it's, it's great jen but you can <laughs> watch a murder a murder documentary on netflix or something as you're folding the laundry I like do. i do i do do that as i'm folding everyone's yeah laundry separately my kids put away their laundry on their own. I just put it in their basket and yep. I've taught them how how to put it away. And I can sit here and fold it and put it in the basket and they put it away. 
Yeah. And life has been much better. I know. Isn't that so nice when they can do things yeah. that you're used to doing and now they can do yeah. them themselves? My daughter is so messy. Bless her <laughs> heart. Bless her heart. She's the sweetest thing ever, but she is so messy. And I find like the other day I was like, hey, let's go for a walk. Let's go outside. And she's like, okay. And I was like, put on something comfortable because it's hot outside. Uh, she puts on a long sleeve uh, velvet dress. Oh. And I was like, no. I was like, it's hot outside, girlfriend. Wear something. Not that. And so she takes it off and she sticks it in the dirty laundry. And I found mm-hmm. it this morning and I was like, girlfriend, don't. I was like, if you wore it for a second, you can wear it later. And then my son did that yesterday. And I was telling him, like, you wore this for a little bit. You can wear it again. And she was like trying to tell him, yeah, you know, this, you, you only wore it for a little bit. You can wear it again. And I was like, you're the worst offender in this house. So <laughs> shut your face, lady. Yeah. Um, but her room is so messy and like we'll make her clean it. And she like puts stuff away. And by putting stuff away, it's like she just stuffs shit in other drawers and drawers and in her closet. Yeah. And so I have to ask her yep. every time I'm like, did you tidy up? Yes. Did you stick things in your drawers that you weren't supposed to? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, and my son is much better at organizing his room when he's motivated. And right now, let me tell you, Jen, he is motivated because he wants oh, a Lego set. That's the best. Yeah. He wants to buy this Mario Lego set. Oh, that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite a bit of money. And we told yeah. him and he had some money the other day and he didn't have enough to buy this little one that he wanted. He really wanted it. And I was like, okay, we'll give you credit, but you have to pay it off and he's like okay so he's been paying it off and he's been doing really well today he was like i'm gonna clean the bathroom i was like you don't have to ask me twice i was like right? go for it and so he knows how to clean the bathroom and he like collects the laundry and he's been doing really good he wiped down the table and my daughter's like fuck this shit i'm gonna watch you know cartoons in my in my room all day yeah and then she when it's time to go do something she's like i went in on this party I was like, no, you didn't help with the setup. You can't just right? come in and eat the appetizers. And they're yeah, like, and take credit for it. That's not fair. Well, you should have been here. Should have been helping. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's a younger yeah. sibling thing because uh, my son's the same way. He he does that too. My daughter's pretty good oh. at keep organizing her room and keeping it, you know, tidy. And I mean, we'll have to remind her like, hey, make sure you clean this area up. You need to like reorganize this. And she's pretty good at yeah. doing that stuff. Today, she's like, I'll clean the microwave for you, mom. It's pretty dirty. And I was like, thank you. Thanks for pointing that out. Like, (laughs) what? Like, you know, it's one of those where you're like, what's up your sleeve? What do you want? Yes. And but that's how my son has been. I'm grateful for it, too. Like, I will take it. I will take take advantage of it, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I will take it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's cute watching him, like run around and be like what else can i do be like well one thing at a time i'm doing laundry right now so i can help you do the laundry i was like why are you threw a load in he's like oh okay well what do i do no and so i had to clean my dryer today because so much condensation builds up in there that it there's a puddle there's a puddle in there and so i was like worried that it was like in the hose you know where it's connected to the wall so i was like moving all the stuff out of the way and he was helping me move everything so i can disconnect it from the wall but it was it was fine it just it's so humid here i have to leave the dryer door open but then the lights on in there the light in the dryer so i was like Mm. i gotta find a way to turn off that little light so i was like i'm gonna tape that little tab it has to turn off the light and let it air out or else it's gonna stoink dude yeah 
Yeah, for real. Yeah. Anyways, that's my life in a nutshell. That's my life. My we oh, so we started watching the show. Um, have you watched Outlander before? No. Mm-mm. Okay. It is really good. So I know um, our friend Jen back in England, she always said, like, she always talked to me about it, too. She's like, it's so good. you got to watch it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I watched, like, one episode on my own, and I was like, oh, this is good. And then I never watched it again. And now, because Dave and I finished The Handmaid's Tale, so we were like, what else are we going to watch? And I was like, ooh, Outlander is on Netflix now. Let's watch it. And he's like, all right. And, oh, I think we're on episode five only because okay we you know weeknights have been busy and we haven't been able to watch a show because they're like almost an hour long so you're gonna dedicate an hour oh at night (laughs) don't watch that with the children no 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 no. but uh okay it's really good i like it and they're in scotland and and they're it starts in like the 1900s and then it moves back to like 1700s so it's like i really like it yeah a lot in the castles and i'm like oh Take me back. Take me back. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into it. We're wa- we're watching The Office oh, I love because the office. please don't throw stones at me, but I have never seen it. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> the fact that you're watching it now is a fine. Yeah, I had caught a few episodes here and there, and it was very funny, yeah. but I never watched it, it like all the way through. So we yeah. started watching it, and I mean, I crack up the whole time. It was oh, it's, it's hilarious. hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Michael Scott. So that. White. Oh. And then, I know, they're so crazy. <laughs> it's like, what else did we watch? What were we watching? Oh, we watched a few, like, one of those horror movies on Netflix that are kind of lame, really campy, like, but we watched it. And other than that, we've just been hanging out with the kids and watching TV with them, whatever they want to watch, which lately it's been, like, America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and america's got talent those are good those are good options yeah. um we started watching sweet tooth because you recommended it and so oh my god good, right it's so good we haven't finished it yet yeah. but i think we're like halfway through but it's so good yeah yeah it's really good it's a good show it's a good one to watch with the kids yeah yeah and the baby and anim- baby hybrids are so cute oh my gosh they're so adorable oh yeah Cute. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, I was gonna tell you something. I don't know. I forgot. It doesn't matter. It wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, that's all I have for today. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. That's my life. Um. Yeah. So once again, for those of you that would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at dependasplaining at gmail dot com or finding us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, don't forget to rate and subscribe on your favorite listening platforms and tell your friends about us, share share the episodes, and uh, yeah. And you know, don't forget, that wherever you go, there, there you, you are. are. Goodbye. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> there you are. No, there no, you, you are. are. There you are. There, there you are. There you are. There you are. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>